It's I refer, good. I look at it as brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps Just working. Kidding. Surely it I must does. be a genius. It, <laughs> uh, no, I, this like, fantasy thing seems so easy, guys. Yeah. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. Gentlemen, here we are in the midst in the midst of another game week. Game week 34, is that right? 34? 34. We are recording this on Monday night. The 10th match of game week 34 has just ended. What would normally be the end of game week 34, but this is not a normal game week. There are still four matches left to be played, but we couldn't pod during that one tiny little day break mm-hmm. between the end of 34 yeah. and the start of 35. And so, therefore, we are coming to you with four matches left to be played in Game Week 34. But we're going to discuss the 10 matches that have been played. All 20 clubs have played the, at least their first match, if they have two, yep. of Game Week 34. And so, we're going to cover those matches for you and probably give you an eye toward the rest of 34 as we sit here. You may be listening to this later than that. And also an eye toward 35 to come. This is a very, very interesting part of the season. A little drama. It's all over the place. A little bit. All over the place. This is the second time we've had, uh, coming up in game week 35, it'll be the second time we have a reduced schedule. So we have a a, a double game week for eight clubs and 34. Now we're only going to have 12 clubs playing Playing. in 35. That's right. So it's a, it's a little bit of a fantasy nightmare, but at the same time, it's it's a blast to play. Well, yes, it is a blast if you're doing well. <laughs> no, <clears throat> I, yes, obviously, that's obvious. But Dave, are you on the beach? No, 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 not at all. This past week has been very frustrating because I felt like there were so many different ways, if you have multiple chips left, that you could go. And Brian, you would probably fess up to this. What? How mind-racking, draining, oh. trying to make decisions for this week was. Yeah, I mean, I, I said that a couple weeks ago that I felt like even in preparation in week 33 and coming into 34, there were so many, it was so, it felt so make or break in a lot of ways. Like you could have really benefited a lot, make, you know, depending on the moves. And I think this week, if anything, if I've learned anything this week. If I've learned, it's yeah. That, it's that nothing matters. And all is folly. It, I don't know, guys. The sun was, is shining a little brighter. <laughs> I'll get to you in a minute. The birds are chirping. You shut up. You're not allowed to talk right now. That much sweeter? Listen, when you're trying to, to calculate so many different things, to try to play things perfectly, If you're behind, even if you're ahead, you're probably looking at things to try to play perfectly. But if you have chips, you have options. And if you're trying to consider places in the table, if you're, if you're mid-table, Scott, sometimes the mid-table teams are kind of already – secured you know they're not getting relegated yeah they're not getting european play so you know they kind of end up in this no man's land what kind of teams will those produce on the field you're looking at uh european play with some of the top clubs how does that affect mm. the fantasy lineups along with city very possibly clinching over the weekend which they did obviously in a very undramatic way which we'll get to but it was just like, how are all these things going to play out, and how's that going to selfishly? How's that going to affect my fantasy team? Yeah, you're, it's good to be. And selfish. it was just so. It just felt like there were so many ways things could go. 
I thought uh, I would, you know, Scott, as you had referenced before, honestly, Friday night is when I finally made my decision on what to do. And I decided to use uh, my free hit this week, which I was I, I was trying to figure out if I was going to use it on week 37 or not. And you used it this past week. I did. So it's current. So, so I used, yeah, so it's current. And um, I felt really good about my team. And uh, I'm going to mention it briefly just because we discussed it. But one yeah. thing I was able to do, and this is one reason why I went with it, is that I, I was like, man, if I can hit this, it'll be amazing. But I didn't have any of my defenders mm-hmm. playing against any offensive players. That's perfect, yeah. And every single player was playing a double match week. Okay. So De Gea was my goalkeeper, thinking, oh, oh yeah, two clean sheets so in a good. row, right? Yeah. Just brilliant. Uh, and Smalling, so I had De Gea and Smalling. Yep. Uh, and then look, I w- I wasn't didn't feel great about Wes Morgan and Chilwell with Leicester. No, nope. I was like, you should. Eh. I'm like, look, there's a chance. There's a chance mm-hmm. that what? And is- then I had and then I had Aspilicueta. Okay. Playing for Chelsea. We're going to so, talk about West Morgan later being in your school. Anyways, across my midfield, I had Hazard's son, Mares, and Sanchez all playing two matches. And name then brand, Kane. Name brand midfield there. Yeah, and then Kane as a striker. So anyways, I thought yeah. I had a chance, and uh, but bottom line is it, Not so it, much. it didn't. Even even my discount midfielder, Brian, uh, I don't even know his first name. His, his, his last name is Stevens. He's a midfielder for Brighton. Yeah. Dale. Dale, Dale, Dale Stevens. Stevens. Yeah. Hennessy had to save of his the year. That's true. On Dale Stevens. It's <laughs> so true. Uh, in the in the eighty first minute of that game, like oh, it just you know. Tw- anyway, so we can get. There's my sob story. Well, my fantasy. I was going to say your sobbing is is warranted because in my mind, uh, this is it potentially has the uh, it was the worst fantasy week for anyone ever. Uh, for I just you, don't understand. but just for Dave specifically, <laughs> yes, which I have I know what the Brian's list. Getting to. We can get to it, and I'll save it for Arsenal. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right. we'll sure. save it for the Arsenal match because so, I feel like this is as bad as uh, it can be for anybody. So, yeah. uh, Dave, since you've played your free hit, I'm assuming then since things have not gone well through ten matches, that oh. unless a miracle occurs in four, I need multiple hat tricks. <laughs> <laughs> You are going but, to lose our free hit. Bet. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. So, so that's another byproduct. But I almost feel like, like it's so bad the other direction. At least, like when you did it, like, yeah. it it's, was the averages. Like it kind of worked out how we thought. Yeah. It's lo- it's. Would you rather lose on a buzzer beater, or would you rather get trounced by forty? Oh, and this and is you're, right now. At you're the getting, moment, yeah, you're getting trounced by forty. We're getting trounced by eight goals to nil. Yeah. I mean, this is the Chelsea Aston Villa game from a few years ago yeah. so should i run through my squad just real quick since yeah we're i think about you it? should because your, your squad did amazing you're I'm probably yeah. not probably. far from being the record scorer at all epl this that's week. not no, no that's not true I'm a, I'm a little behind but i have gone from ninety three thousand to fifty five thousand overall which is Good. cutting it in half yeah that's ridiculous. Is ridiculous uh i will say there is something to be said not only like the bet was if you were going to outscore me by thirty, by thirty-four, with your free hit, yeah, I think I might outscore you. I know, with yeah. Your free hit. Okay, just I know that's not trying to make it painful, but just not trying that to make I it, didn't know how bad it was. We but have I'm glad listeners I, who are trying to follow along. I'm with glad we rehashed. It. All right, not every move <laughs> I have made has has turned to gold. I will say, I too bought De, uh, David de Gea. I, look, tell me this though. Yeah, how uncomfortable is it to have a horseshoe stuck in your? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, seriously. Like, what does that even mean? When you're sitting down, uh huh, does it hurt? I don't know. You should you, save that know. for the injury roundup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I bought De Gea, sold Pickford, which. I should have just told you what I was doing so you wouldn't do it. So then uh, it could have helped you. Yeah, even you're more. right. You jinxed it. <laughs> uh, but in order to be able to do that, I had to sell Sun. Yeah. And I had to buy someone at a little bit of a discount in the midfield. And I ended up going with Willian. Mm-hmm. Brian, your words on our pod last week ringing in my head. Yeah. He ended up getting an assist and hey, a yellow uh, card. Uh, as it was foretold. <laughs> yeah, but no, right. I feel like it was still, I feel like yeah. it was, that was a good purchase. So De Gea, Fabianski's still my backup. My uh, my defense, Harry Maguire, who I'm not happy with. Phil Jones, equally unhappy with. But Virgil, Matt Lowton, and Elfie Mawson, respectable. Uh, my midfield has carried me. Yeah. Absolutely without without doubt. Salah, Willian, Zaha, Marco, Milivojevic. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then up front, I can't You love complain. yourself some Crystal Palace right now. I Who wouldn't? <laughs> and I love my forward line, Kane and Aubameyang. I feel yeah. like those are must-owns at this point. Sure. And I felt really good about Jordan Ayew coming back from his three-match suspension. Held on to him, stashed him at the end of my bench during that suspension. Came back, scored a goal. We'll get to that in a little bit. And you played your bench boost. This well, week. I looked at my lineup, and kind of like you did, I looked and I was like, I like the matchups for everybody. Yeah. I've got six of the 15 on double game weeks. Yeah. I love all of the matchups. Yeah. Like, why not? It was a, I felt, it felt risky hitting the button, but I did it and I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah. Yeah. It meant that Milivojevic's points on my bench were guaranteed to come into my squad. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually like playing him. I kind of almost really played him. (laughs) Uh, And so here I am. I'm I'm sitting on 70 after 10 matches with uh, six more matches to go. I feel good about that. Yeah. Feels pretty good. Hoping for 100. Maybe we should get on to the matches. All right, let's do it. On to the matches. Tottenham 1, Manchester City 3. City earning the three points, getting halfway to what they needed for the title. Jesus, Ilkai, Raheem Sterling scoring for them. Christian Eriksen pulled one back, giving the Spurs a brief glimmer of hope, but it was not to be. So Spursy. I don't want to. I don't really want to hear that word. No, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I feel like it's uh, it's just something to, I feel to like say. There's no those shame are, those are, in losing even by two goals. Those at are home just. To but City. I'm saying it's that's words that people say a lot, and so I I think it's worth saying uh, because I feel like it simultaneously stands for um, winning a lot <laughs> and also losing sometimes is what to me seems like the definition what, so of spurs. So spurs well, I, I think it's just that I I think what it means is when you think that they're going to stand up. And take the soccer world by the by the reins, and and they don't. Well, well this but, one and this one, I feel like is was the it was the exact opposite of the first time they played. Right. In the sense that, in the first meeting at the Etihad, I felt like Spurs came out pressing. I felt like they were the aggressor from the from the moment the whistle blew. Yeah. And then it unraveled for them. This was the exact opposite. Even Pochettino saying it was we didn't compete in the first twenty-five minutes. Yeah, they, did. they were already down. Yep. They should have been down more. Sane hits the yep. bar. I mean, they there's so many opportunities for City to go up, and then they slowly built into the game. And then the second half, they were really, really taking it to them, and Sterling put them away. But I feel like it's just the op- it's so opposite from what from what happened. But I feel like that's not uncommon. I feel like we've seen that. Such a slow start. 
for Spurs and why it takes them. Why does it take you 20 minutes to get into a game? Well, I think part of it, though, is the fact that City came out determined to end the trend. The, the, the downward yeah. trend that they were on, both in the league and in the Champions League. And uh, and doing it to much success, like you said, Sane had that shot off the bar yeah. early on, and then two quick goals in the first half of the first half. Uh, I mean, there was there's just no doubt. They, you know, and, and throughout this match, they could have had more. You know, Sane off the bar, but then Sterling having a couple of chances yeah. before he finally got some redemption by putting a goal in. Uh, you know, this was a dominant City performance, like we've seen all year long. The only question was who was going to get the points in fantasy. And in this case, you saw Jesus score a goal. You saw Sterling get his as well. Yeah. If I knew that Sergio Aguero was not playing, I don't know how you wouldn't make Jesus striker. You him up for the rest of the year. One A. You him up the remaining the, matches yeah. of this season. But 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 we don't. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I mean. If you, but if yes, you knew it, if you did. I mean, this is exactly why. Would you sell a bombing for Jesus? Because everyone's going to own Kane, right? They're, everyone's going to own Kane, are they well, that's not? That's what I mean. I feel like. So, Kane I've, and a Yang, you'd have to sell a bombing to go to Jesus. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like it's the it's the the specter of uh, Sergio Aguero getting fit at some point and rotating in. We'll get a couple World Cup warm ups. Right. I just think yeah. I just well, think it's unpredictable if you know just because the fear isn't. Is Jesus going to play twenty minutes anymore? The fear is, will he even play at all? Sure. Will they just play Aguero today, or will they just play Jesus today, without Champions League to worry about now? Without, right. you know, there's no FA Cup for them to worry about. So, you know, you wonder, do they just fully rotate? Is it just you're no. not playing today? He's going to play today. It's the same thing in a way with Gundogan. Well, Brian, Gundogan is in amazing form, but holy cow, those minutes. Yeah, yeah. And but now would be a good time to talk about, like you've brought up before, the segment we like to call "Now What." <laughs> right, it's a great segment. Like <laughs> cities now in the most anticlimactic way yeah. possible. City wins the title. Sure, and. On on Sunday, even when they're not playing, there's no camera crews at their house. There's no hey. Pep said he was going to play golf. Lester, yeah. I mean, no one. We'll, and we'll get to the the next game in a minute, but it's like no one expected that, and it just was so. The, the only thing I'm thinking now is all right. Of course, I'm just thinking fantasy wise, right? Because we've all known City's going to win the title at some point soon. We just didn't know when. So how is that going to affect fantasy lineups? And and now now that they've won it, I, I truly do think, though, falling back on what I said a few weeks ago, I really think they're going for the Premier League point record. They might. They have nothing else to play for now. You you are playing for history. Yeah. And you go out. And so, I mean, I think you continue to and play. And to not get hurt. And to not get hurt for the World Cup. Right. Right? So, but I think they're absolutely Okay, so with that in mind, Dave, who do, you buy, who do you own on City? I don't own a City player. I own Sterling and Silva. David Silva seems like a great choice. He wasn't obviously on the score line, but he's, yeah. he is he is an ever-present uh, player yeah. in everything that's happening for them right now. So Silva and Sterling? Yeah, that's who I own. Not Jesus, not Aguero. Uh, well, I mean... Not Odomendi? No, and and now all of a sudden, here's Vincent Company, another another no, time on the no. as soon as you know, you know what, you just, you just did it you just did it you just got him hurt next week uh, yeah it very well could have i might have i might have strained his calf even by mentioning yeah him. probably so <laughs> um, sorry sorry vincent no but like 
it's it just makes me it's the it's the who's going to be out there and for how long it seems safe with company now but it, yeah until you buy but it. that's exactly it and so yeah. nothing would terrify you more than the rotation with these guys sterling seems super safe now just, the unsafest just, seems you just have to, to be, agonize through his two misses before he gets his make right, right. Well, that, I mean, just that, you know, I said, like, we don't know, we don't know for sure. We only know that Aguero, you know, that Aguero is, you know, that he aggravated an injury. We don't know the extent of how, you know, how bad is it? Pep saying things. I don't know when he will be back. I don't know. That's the best that you're going to get out of this. And I think that's as close as, as close as you're going to get to a timetable until he shows up until he's, if he is, if he, if he makes the bench next time they play. Or shock start, right? Yeah, shock start seems mo- as just as likely just as, as not likely. playing. Scott, surprisingly, and you're gonna love this. Mm-hmm. You know, Raheem Sterling, based on his age and where these other two players, based on their ages, okay, where they are in their careers and the goals that they've scored, he is right on pace with these other two players. And these other two players are Thierry Henry mm-hmm. and Cristiano Ronaldo. Not so bad. It's very weird. But still, I mean, he's having a record year this year, though. Seventeen goals. Yeah, and uh, so far they still have they still have games left. To record play. year for him, career yeah. year, I should say, career year. Yeah, he's Absolutely. great. But he's only what is he? Twenty two? Maybe twenty? Is he twenty one? No, he's probably twenty two, twenty three. His listen his, again. His pace is right on pace with two of the all time greats. It's just easy to get glossed over because he just kind of fits into the. He just falls into the blue mist, the let baby blue mist of, of the the city, uh, the city players. So, anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there. On the Spurs side of the ball, Kane and Erickson still feel like quality you know, oh. transfers in if you yeah. don't already own them. You didn't play Kane this game week for the city match. His two points are kind of bonus points, no, right? I mean, well, in a way, I I think I mean if anything, it's. Zero shots from Kane, a hair away. If not for a, a unlucky bounce, you know he gets an assist on the Erickson goal. But he had just eighteen touches in the match, and I think that's the part that's frustrating. Is you know, I, I think it was bad mojo from his theft of the Erickson goal. Mm. I think it was. I was so, a little I, concerned about the backlash and how mm. that would impact his. I play. think it was the soccer gods punishing a bit. Yeah. Um, but I still feel good about his chances against Brighton coming up. No, for sure. It's just it's just frustrating because it it feels like this. You're you are arguably a top three striker in the world. Everyone wants to put you in the top striker categories of anyone that's kicking a ball right now. You're playing at home in an absolutely massive game against the put you know what the prospective champion. This is your match. This is what's made, you're made for this, and you get you have zero shots. Yeah, so a little bit of a downer. Um, the rest of Spurs is is other than Loris is a crapshoot. <coughs> uh, you see, you know, you get a son. Son starts on the bench, subs in. Yeah, for, that, that, that might have been the reason why they had a slow start. Don't well, mind selling yeah. him. Don't mind. I didn't mind. I actually was. You know, obviously, when you sell a guy and you see him not start. You feel good about that decision. Well, it right. just makes all of the, you know, makes all of the the forecasting of this. It came true. Mm-hmm. You know, Lamella, Lamella, Lamella yeah. starts and Son is the casualty here. 
you know, you still expect you know, Suns is the kind of player that can do a lot with a little bit. Right. And so not you know, not surprising. I mean, but obviously no one was effective here except for, you know, Erickson ends up being the only guy. Uh fortunate ton, goal. Tons of tons of people with you know, had transferred Ben Davis in, which Oof. weeks and weeks ago I feel like, you know, it looks like you're chasing it because he had started so many times in a row and he was back in form and he yep. looked great and they're getting clean sheets and stuff. And then Danny Rose gets, you know, gets healthy. And now Danny Rose is hurt again, but you know, it was a perfect example of a game like this where you're like, he still could rotate. Karen Trippier and Serge Aurier are still, I think preferable for them Yeah, and could play either, you know, they can do whatever, you know, kind of play wherever they want, but at least you have a little bit of safety with Danny Rose being hurt again, but still like, I wouldn't use the word safety in the context no. of fantasy with just about anyone on Spurs, no, maybe, aside from those two names. Maybe Vertonghen if you wanted a, a near guarantee. Yeah, but, but you're not getting a ton of points from Spurs defense anyway right now. And then this week, you know, now you have the actual, like Pochettino saying, Toby Otterverald should be back in contention again. I wondered where that guy was. He's been out. He's been, he, he was hurt for a while there. Remember that? Yeah, remember when he used to play for uh, Spurs? Was, I remember his hair. Do you still have that nice hair? Yeah. That's good. Um, but Toby should be back, and especially in a game like this where Sanchez was oof, a little, little rough at times. Should see you now. You get center back rotation. So anyway, no one's safe. United nil, West Brom one. Shock result of the weekend gives City the title. J Rod makes sure it happens. And by the way. For those who are paying closely to our pod, that means it's now <laughs> West Brom Strikers 11, City Strikers 9. One week into our bet, gentlemen. It's amazing. Yeah. The, um, this, 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 <laughs> this is a stupid game. This, what a debacle. This, what a joke. No clean sheet for United. No, yeah. Jesse Lingard plays half. Pogba plays 58 minutes, yep. gets a yellow card, ends with zero. Alexis and Lukaku blank. Pogba, uh, I like the uh, Timothy Abraham, who wrote the review of the match for BBC, said Pogba departed the proceedings with an air of resignation rather than annoyance. Yeah. Uh, you want to see him react like Wayne Rooney did when he got subbed last week, not with... No, it sounds fine. like what happens when you're near the end of a season as a superstar, having been coached all year by Jose Mourinho. Yeah, that's true. I and then it, and then J Rod smacked you right in the face, Dave. It was, but I feel like this is a this to me, this is one of the greatest examples of why it's like form and fixture didn't matter at all here. Nothing mattered. Like everyone, I think I think the false hope of comeback win against Manchester City, it made them seem not just. It, it was which three, which three of these guys do I fit in? De Gea and who? Yeah. De Gea and which other guys? Yeah, is what it felt like, and I think that seemed like across the board, it's Lukaku. If you can get Lukaku, he's flat. Ben Foster made a flat great track save. On, bully, no, but Romelu yeah. Lukaku. Foster made sure he was scoreless, yes. and it was gorgeous. His, save. Uh, you know, Pogba with his brace makes everybody. You know, makes everybody gaga for him. Alexis Sanchez's actual form mm -hmm. had picked up so much. He was a triple then, captain candidate in our and, pod last and, week. And yeah. Jesse and Jesse Lingard's minutes were back up. And yeah. so six dollars for a guy who's had who has already been in great form a lot this season 
and you get nothing. Nothing, nothing. Less than nothing. Exactly nothing if you're a Pogba owner. Zero, zero. This had the exact feeling as Liverpool gave us earlier in the season when they beat City and then the following week proceeded to lose to West Brom. Like, yeah. how do you go from beating the best team, one of the best top, top teams in the world, mm-hmm. to then losing to, to a relegated, a, to a relegated team? Yeah. And it's like... Not officially, but likely. Just it's to be happening. clear. Just right. to be clear. I mean, I it's just... Yeah, I'm not like, I just couldn't the bin already, but... I don't know. It, and, and they did it in the uh, Stadium of, of Dreams. Is that what they call it? Stadium of Dreams? Something like that, yeah. The only guy who remains in form, Jay Rodriguez. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jay Rodriguez. And only because both forwards for West Brom played, which was part of the reason why you agreed to the bet, Brian, oh, last yeah. week. That's the only reason why they're ahead of City forwards now. The, the juggernaut of Solomon Rondon and Jay Rodriguez <laughs> will not be will not be stopped, Dave. Well, I'm sorry. I got to be honest. The fact that they got three points from this match is only going to help you, Brian. It gives them somewhat of a little bit mo- of momentum. Because they're going to keep playing hard. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, Dave. You're hoping for a Jesus explosion. Listen, right? I, explosion. I was going to say. I feel like every time I say something, it's wrong anymore. Even, even the points, if you were just going to take fantasy points, you did get more points from Jesus because he had a goal and an assist. And so I thought, like, in that regard, Jesus obviously had the better single match, but, like, just on straight goals. <laughs> Jay Rodriguez again. Like, <laughs> again. Here he goes again, and, <clears throat> and Rondon's going to do it next week. He's doing what we predicted would happen at the start of the year and just had to wait so long yeah. to see happen. I want to give the manager quote of the week here. It has to go to Jose Mourinho. He was asked if he had sent off Pogba, if he'd substituted Pogba out because Pogba was sitting on a yellow and was at risk of being sent off. And Jose Mourinho's answer is the manager quote of the week. His answer was simply, also. Yeah, great work. <laughs> also, oh man also it's a great way to answer anything. um i believe i also saw him say um i know how to win but i'm not the one playing <laughs> yet, yet again more criticism heaped on the players mm. from from the guy who uh is the greatest winner that the league has ever you know seen. what's interesting real quick is it seems like this like and I don't know this. I can only apply this to the little, my little small spectrum that as I'm staring at the Premier League compared to other leagues. But it feels like this, that the, the managers who expect to just go out and manage clubs as opposed to the managers who are going out and actually being teachers and dreamers on how uh, – painting pictures of how they want their teams to, to play – at like like Klopp, like Guardiola, as compare, and then you compare like Mourinho, Wenger. Like they have players, I think, who they expect to go out and play. We have a system. We want you to play to in this system, and it just seems like I wonder if there's just not a transition. There's been a transition, and maybe it's what have you done for me lately, right? I mean, maybe, but I just wonder. I don't know. It, there just definitely seems to be. Guys who have been successful in the past, you having try- zero success. Well, in the last couple of years, there is something to be said for that. Uh, during the Liverpool match, the story was told about how 
when Jurgen Klopp walks into the Liverpool locker room, the players stop what they're doing and they pay attention to what Klopp is about to say. Yeah, like he he commands that in a way where they truly respect him. Uh, but that also could translate to the bottom of the table. I mean, you look at guys like Hodgson. Wagner, Hodgson, yeah, Hutton. Uh, like these are these are managers who are getting the most from players. They're going through mm. their players with their coaching. As opposed to what you're talking about, I'm trying fascinated to and this. Well, and but look at the managers who were going down. I mean, you had Pellegrino at the start of the year; he couldn't inspire a, a flower to bloom. You have Mark Hughes. I mean, that guy is just angry all the time. No <laughs> one likes him. You've got Alan Pardew, who is by far well the <laughs> Premier League manager of our lifetime. Well, which is why, even in this match, the the feeling was, and I know it was it was at least you know some of the observers of this match were saying. Darren Moore, who is Correct. caretaker manager here, if he can inspire this kind of performance from West Brom, given their circumstances, what what might he have done? Yep. I mean, Earlier. That is that is the words of the BBC. Well, and you take and, and you anyone see it else from the players themselves. Say, They're saying right. we're playing for him, right? Like if what what could he have done with more time? Yeah. Maybe this is the guy who could have inspired Darren this kind Moore. Of time is well, that? Darren Moore is, it, is his name Darren Moore. Darren this Moore. Is not Darren Moore. Time. An ESPN Christmas podcast. <laughs> More time. <laughs> oh brother. <laughs> it's it's what it is is the difference between having a manager and having a leader. Just like in business, so it is in football. Liverpool three, Bournemouth nil. A Reds fan delight of a scoreline. Mane, Salah, Firmino, and don't look now, but another clean sheet in the back. Yeah, that's great to see. I love seeing that. Knowing that uh, was uh, the the debate of whether or not to keep Andy Robertson and Sadio Mane and all these guys for fear of rotation, all this stuff. And uh, sure enough, they all play. And sure enough, they all do great. And uh, Dave Trent Alexander Arnold uh, goes bonkers. Yeah, yeah, sure. Did you do you still own him? Oh, of course I own him. Well, good for you. And I'm not, happy for you. Not then, this man. week. Oh. I played my flea hit. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> At first, I thought you were just mocking me, and now I, I realize I you truly so forgot, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, though. It just goes this along with the be. rain cloud, Brian, that just follows me around. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, wait till we get to the list. I know. Uh, I know. I'm sorry, Dave. No, it's good. Listen, I love to see that. But of course, it just—it's like an extra dagger. I know, right? Like when Sterling and Silva, because you know, Joe Gomez is coming back next week or something. Just, you know, yeah. exactly. I, don't, I don't know. Well, if Nathaniel is. Klein. Now the <laughs> Nathaniel now Klein. the question okay. is, if Klein is healthy, Nathaniel <laughs> Klein might be well, the one to come in. And no, no, he will. He will yeah. play next week because probably Trent Alexander Arnold will play the Champions League match, which takes place ne- a week from tomorrow, next Wednesday. I don't know. I don't no, no, know. I'm sorry. This is Monday night. But anyways, a week from this Wednesday. Klein is the—he's got to be the preferred choice once he's up to fitness at right back so he might play the champions he might see maybe play in the the premier yeah in the premier league but i mean nothing changed here right liverpool did everything that you would hope they would do maybe a little bit more bournemouth they were playing for what here i mean you really didn't get much but hopefully you weren't expecting much maybe to sneak a goal in no that's exactly it that's what that's the best that you were hoping for, it's and that's, maybe that's the reason why. Whenever even last week when we were talking about it, like Ryan Fraser, Jordan Ibe, heck, Jermaine Defoe, Josh King, uh, the you know Josh the, King the had best, kind of been hot. The best that you can, yeah, Josh King's still in good form, but I mean, 
we, that's what I mean. I think going into this match, the best you're hoping for is, is maybe, maybe they goal. maybe they squeak one in. Yeah. Because their matchups are against Liverpool, and then as we sit here, they still have one against United. That's the double game week for Bournemouth. You're not. In two matches, you're hoping that the math of the minutes works in your favor a little bit. Yeah. But we told you last week, you're not hoping for a whole lot. You're probably only still sitting on those players because you couldn't get to them to transfer them out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you're hoping that the double game week maybe works in your favor. In this case, it did. And they don't play in game week 35. So, no, and, and like, yeah, that's not good. Just throwing that out there. And as this well. just makes, I mean, this just makes, like, it just makes the you know going into West Brom like we said before. Then Stoke after that, like, what are you gonna do? What I mean, what do you do with these guys? It just seems like, you know, I don't know if it's enough to say, oh, they want Salah to win the Golden Boot, you know, or Salah wants to win the Golden right. Boot. So I think, I mean, I, I'm assuming Klopp wants to play the best team against whoever it is. Uh, they could get to second. I think they can get to second. Uh, in the table, United, yeah, yeah the sure. United's gonna. If they're United's, one point behind United, but United is a game in hand. Yeah, United's gonna slip up against West Brom. United can slip up against Bournemouth this week. There's, I mean, there's. <laughs> I don't think they, they just will. lost. I don't think they will. <laughs> they just they lost will. to last place West Brom. Right? Yeah, but I think I Have think some, they'll rebound against Bournemouth. You'll probably get some points from your United players before you get I need a, a hat to hear this. Sa- a hat trick um, that's not Sanchez. gonna happen. I think uh, looking at this match too. I, I mean, it, I think the bonus points of this match say a lot just because of you know because it's oxlade chamberlain it's trent alexander arnold it's it's the it's and Firmino, it's the peripheral guys like what would be to the action who are the ones who end with bonus points mm-hmm. Salah and, Ma- and mane have i mean unless like mane is gonna if Salah scores four goals of course he's gonna end up with the most bonus sure points. but in a game like this where he scores and it's an it's a great goal Mane scores a goal, and it's, you're thrill, thrilled with it when he gets it, but they end with zero bonus points. It's the right. bonus points going to the other guys who have more, kind of dictate more of the creativity of it. But you're not mad. I mean, you got everything you wanted from this. Is all the main guys did all the stuff that you needed. So yeah. there's not one point of disappointment here. Salah was the transfer of the year for the league. Yes. But if you look at the January window alone, Alex Oxley Chamberlain is one of the best buys in the January window too. Yeah, he's point. he's been increasingly good. Increasingly good. Increasingly playing. He's fit right in. Klopp knows who his players are. Like I like we've talked about before, he's got a system. He knows who to bring in to play in certain roles. And you know, Liverpool scored some goals the first couple of times Virgil played in that back line. Virgil was still new to that back line. He hadn't had a chance to make much of an impact yet with that back line. Well, we've talked about this before. I know this is not a Major League Baseball podcast. Yeah. But you have a pitching rotation in baseball. You put your best pitcher as your ace, your number one starter, and then your second best is your number two, and so on, through five spots in rotation. Dejan Lovren was being asked to be the ace of the center back rotation, and he's not good enough to be there. He needed someone else to be the ace so that he could be the number two. Here comes Virgil. He's the ace of the center back rotation. Suddenly, Lovren looks so much better because he's number two now. And look, these two have a history. They used to play together at Southampton. That's right. And and Virgil was the number one, and sort of as you would say. And that's it's right. A good analogy. And then and Lovren was a number two. Listen, the biggest signing for the Liverpool Football Club has been in the last two years has been Virgil Van Dyke. Hmm. Liverpool has been able to score with anyone. For the past two to three years. That's right. That's never been the issue. The issue is 
how many goals are they going to give up this week? Can they outscore right. the opponent? Yeah, that's always yeah. been the issue. And now Liverpool, you look at it with the addition of Robertson as well. So that's that solidified it. Robertson and, and Virgil van Dijk are now completely locking up, help securing that defense, and that by far has been the biggest, most effective transfers for Liverpool in the past year and a half. It's interesting how we could fight over who the best signings are for Liverpool. That just is a reason why they're doing so well in the league. Sure. Um, so going into next week, because week 35 is already so limited, mm-hmm. Liverpool is seems like crucial ownership, uh, especially given the opponent. Except? Except recent history against that same opponent. Well, that and the fact that in the following midweek... Right, the Champions League match coming first up league right after that, which we yeah. talked about. But the, I, I feel like looking at it now, you'd say there's not anyone... That, like, like I, I'm going to have that. I Now that I know my transfer is not going to work out the way I anticipated, I still have Salah, Mane, Robertson <laughs> on my team. So. With it. So going into this week, like, am I am I nervous? Should I be nervous about Salah, Mane, uh, the myriad Firmino owners that that exist? Because everyone still has Firmino. Like, how risky is this as far as rotation? Are is the defense at risk here, given opponent with going into Champions League? Yeah. Absolutely, they're I don't all think a risk. It makes. I mean, I like as as happy as I am to be able next week to field a full squad as it stands. I don't feel great about it in the slightest bit. No, because three of those guys are Liverpool players. And honestly, even if you get to eleven guys, like I'm looking, I'm facing the prospect of having one player at each position not playing at thirty-five. Right. So I'll have eleven who have a match on the schedule. Yeah. I'm almost resigning myself to being surprised by someone the lineups yeah. when they're announced, knowing that I might have 11 in theory, right. but I might only have eight or nine mm-hmm. in actuality. That's right. just going to be the fact. And yeah. and for Liverpool, it's going to be because of that Champions League first leg match. All we can hope is that Harry Kane scores five goals this yeah. week. Just like <laughs> Salah overcame the light game week for those of us who yes. owned him. When there were four matches, if Harry Kane can do that for us when there's six, it won't hurt so much. If Harry Kane scores a lot, I have a feeling you might see more Salah uh, against West (laughs) (laughs) Southampton to Chelsea three. Wow. Whiplash in this one. Dusan Tadic, Brian's boy, scoring. (laughs) And also some guy that I'm just going to call Jan for now because Brian's going to teach me how to say it later. Yeah, I can't wait for that. But in eight minutes, Giroud scores two. Hazard puts one in as well, and Chelsea get the three points. Do you miss him now, Dave? Just when you think... You miss him now? You can trust Chelsea. Do you miss him now, though? I've always missed Giroud. Okay. Yeah. I just keep wondering why. Like He's obviously amazing in 20-minute bursts yeah. off the bench at the end of matches. But couldn't the guy just start some matches for somebody? Well, no, oh. and, and that's a dumb thing. I think he would. I think he would absolutely. He always did for Arsenal when he well, started games. Well, Dave, I, I mean, that's why. So I was going to say this about Giroud. One, give the ball to the hungry guy. Yeah, good call. Because uh, Antonio Conte, post-match, we showed the right fire in our eyes. He sensed that it was lackluster for 70 minutes, 
was furious in the locker room at halftime. I Giroux has the prove people wrong fire eye. Yeah. And sure. and so that's why I just wonder, like, is it enough to, for him to be the preferred striker over Murata? Do you want that? Yes. Yes. I mean, for uh, I'll, bet, wise, I'll bet fans do. Sure. Do Chelsea fans do? Probably right now, yeah. Sure. Alvaro Murata is playing like a guy who's just tired. He's just his season in theory is is over. He he's just worn himself out in this first year in England. We talk about this all the time with guys who are brand new to the Premier League. When they get to this part of the season yeah. in England, yeah. it does seem to wear on them. It's especially worn, he's especially worn out. candy <laughs> Spanish players. There you love that. <laughs> you know, and and no one <laughs> no one's more candy than the beautiful ones, right? Sure. So here you have this situation where, yeah, I think Drew, I, I don't even care who starts. If Drew's going to come off the bench, if I can be confident he's going to come off the bench, it'd be great to own him. Yeah. Yeah, but you it, wouldn't. It's weird to see I'm not, Drew. I'm not buying him. I got my front line. I, no, I feel good. It's weird to see. I mean, we said it. I mean, I feel like I, I, I felt comfortable to say it last week that Hazard and Willian still have value. The Chel- there is still some attacking value here. Hazard scores the goal. Willian gets the assist on it. Yep. Uh, Giroud obviously gave him a different threat going forward. And so that's what, what's so weird to see, knowing if it's Hazard, Willian, Pedro, that it just didn't seem to be as effective when it was Hazard having to be the, 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 the lone striker yeah. or playing a striker position. But when there's a capable striker that... Hazard still, sco- I mean, like you, see, I feel like you see a different kind of player when they have someone effective, and for as bad as Chelsea has been overall, or at least disappointing compared to their champion you know, to championship season last year, Hazard and William are really, I mean, you just see their usefulness. I mean, they're just still really, really good, mm-hmm. even when you say we don't have fire in our eyes. Yeah, but do you trust them? It's like, look, no, I was happy fully. about this, Brian, because no. I played. Uh, I played Hazard. Right. right, and that was yeah. That I said that was my last decision was like I, going into the week, just as a fantasy decision making segment here. Yeah, it was. Can do I play Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez, Willian, and my at that point would have only had money for a less than five dollar defender. Right. Who I at given given the matchups, I was thinking I'll tr- I'll go with Cedric from Southampton. Okay. Or Hazard Lingard and then I picked Antonio Valencia. And so I just thought across <laughs> the board, I just thought right. I'm getting better I'm getting bigger point potential from these three with Hazard sure. Lingard Valencia than I am with Cedric. Especially Alexis. with the matchups. Right. And as we sit here, that could still work out okay. We don't right. know how United's second match is going to go. Obviously, Cedric has a second match coming up at Leicester as well. And I don't, I don't want any part of that. And yeah. that's why. So that's why. And I that's thought, why. Like, so yeah. you're so, hoping to score big at Bournemouth on Wednesday, right? That's the best that you can hope for. And knowing that you know you get Lingard for you know he only plays a half this time, whatever. Oh, that's a United thing. Either way, I, what I'm saying is, I think. No, you don't love. That's why I said I think if you have him or you don't have him, I think you see the matchup and you think, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. Yeah. He's going to score forty <laughs> or he's going to score two. I mean, it is. It feels like no in between with these guys. I just the only positive is, yeah, they looked like they cared. They were. I mean, that was like 
that was as full of a team celebration as there is going to be after Giroud scored those goals. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I mean, they were close to piling that? on him, and that might be out of lust. But, <laughs> but like, but still, like, they still were, I mean, it was a, it was pure. It felt like a real celebration. I, I just, like, just when you think you can trust Chelsea, like, they crap on you. And, yeah. Like, there, how many people play Chelsea defenders this week in a double match week? Oh, lots. Like, with really good matchups. A, Marcus Alonso or Azpilicueta was part of every, uh, you know, captain's choice if you're going to pick your team. I'm sure it was any fantasy source out there would have gladly put those guys on the on And the it list. was blown to crap in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, Tor- yeah. In the 21st minute. By who, Dave? Dusan Tadic did it first. Dusan Tadic. <laughs> I, I blanked, complete blank. I'm like, oh, no, gosh, no, I, I, I was Who trying scored? to get to the house. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Tadic. Of course. He yeah. has, I, I feel like he hasn't scored all year. Yes, of course it was Dusan Tadic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you're an Alonzo owner, you're especially sweaty right yes. now. Yes. Oh, man. I'll say. Uh, you know, he, he could be facing disciplinary action. There might not even be a second game. That's right. Him. He had a stomp or something. Stomp on the back of Shane Long's calf. Didn't look so good in slow motion. Uh, so he's as we record, we're awaiting word on whether or not there'll be disciplinary. I love that there. it's a pending that it's pending, and it needs to be reviewed because it was not even a foul. Like it's my, a review because it was not even it. called a foul. Yeah, and it was the polar opposite of not foul. It, it could not have been more not foul than it was. Well, and I have to give Mark Hughes a little bit of credit by calling it out like he did. I'm not saying that that's why it's being evaluated. But the fact that he called that out and is now getting... You hate Mark Hughes. You well, never want to give him credit for anything. But in this case, I love that he, this is happening and that Marcus Alonso could be suspended because if he is, he'll be suspended for the FA Cup semifinal, yeah. which is also against Southampton. Right. Yeah. It's outstanding. Yeah. So you know, kudos to Mark Hughes for trying to get every edge that he can in this There's moment. no, There's no harm in that. Uh, Brian, yeah. uh, I'm sure Jan's not his real name. Can you tell us how to, score, how to, how to say that Southampton scorers name you're correct it is not jan okay uh even though it's spelled like that uh do you want to learn how to say this with music oh sure it's we, always it always makes music. spices it up if you can play music <laughs> can you play the bedrock anthem by weird al yankovic if you want to be cool okay if i don't want to be cool you don't want to be cool then play the miami vice theme by jan hammer i see okay. what you're doing here <laughs> i'm making this week's how to say more about the fact that this Saints center back looks not entirely unlike Barney Rubble, <laughs> or possibly what Bam Bam Rubble would look like if he was grown. Find a nice profile picture of Jan, his first name, and I think you'll be asking yourself whether this guy was born in the town of Slupca, Poland, or the town of Bedrock. Oh, okay. Either way, the Saints center back who scored a very huge goal at the time Massive. this weekend spent his early career at Polish club Lech Poznan. Lech Poznan? Before signing with Saints last summer. What a start to your career, huh? Debut in a relegation battle match against last year's champion. You score a goal. Man, it must be something like the feelings that Bam Bam felt the day Barney and Betty Rubble discovered him on their doorstep and he realized he had a good home. Yeah. yeah. It's Bam. worth noting here that Bam Bam <laughs> is technically the adopted son of Barney and Betty Rubble. I think a lot of people think he's their 
natural offspring. He's not. I just want to make sure we get that right because we are very concerned about cartoon canon. Yes. Let's wrap this up. I might argue that this is the stupidest thing I've ever done on this podcast. Your Saints goal scorer is none other than Jan Bednarek. Oh, it's got a roll. It's got a trill. It is. Trill there in Polish. Go ahead. Do that if you want. Just know that no match announcer wants to do that in English because it is beneath them. Oh, I'm sure they'll go with the Anglo pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just scrolling back and forth between pictures of Jan and Bam Bam. Yeah. Minus the white hair of Bam Bam. Yes, Bam Bam's hair is too white. Yeah. It's pretty perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, say, say Bednarik. 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 Okay, good. There we go. Very nice. Did you practice that before we started? Yeah, I do have. No, it's uh, it's good. If you if you search, just Google as uh, a website, you can search things on. If you just Google <laughs> Polish R, you can get a video of a, <laughs> of a true Polish speaker saying to you in English what the Polish R sounds like and it's very helpful and so that's that's the best i can give you on this wait one second what you want to talk about charlie austin oh, i was hoping yeah, to forget see, about yeah that. it's got to be mentioned well it's just that not because it's not because i want to talk about it i just feel like it's important to say yeah. you had high hopes yeah starts on the bench plays 11 minutes hey look shane long not injured at all He's just fine. Look, this podcast was responsible probably for maybe some people starting Charlie Austin this past week. I Shane can Long, confirm that fact. Shane Long played... As was evidenced on social media Saturday well, morning. Well, it's just that Shane Long played 90 minutes. And so I, I mean, don't know what Brian, tactic that is. He's not even hurt. That's what I mean. Well, last week it was... It was he, we saw him. I said we saw him sit down on the grass and to- hold his ankle. And it was possible just like an a, a pure injury doubt looking at the way he reacted and he's out there just fine and plays plays 90 minutes and and when he's out there he's super fast and he does what exactly what it is but whatever mark hughes saw in the tactics preferred shane long for whatever reason uh so is it fair to say we didn't get this one wrong it was just the lack of an injury protocol that well, misled us injury protocol didn't help but what i'm saying is like if it's Mark Hughes making a tactical choice to go with Shane Long over over Charlie Austin for 70 minutes he was right. Right. He, he was he was right for for uh, for a majority of the match. Yeah. And then a colossal letdown. So, you know, in a way, he's not entirely wrong to make the choice that he did, but too little too late for Charlie Austin. Hopefully that turns around in the midweek match. That's all. Newcastle 2, Arsenal 1. When Aubameyang fed Lacazette with that first goal, I thought of the, the route match, was on. Dave had to be feeling good, but uh, then, well, honestly, and I said before the game, started, he did, he did. I said I, I don't feel great about today. You did, based on the, the based on the lineup, the lineup, because Arsenal very obviously is uh, prioritizing uh, prior- the Europa thank League. You. Yeah, Arsenal is very obviously prioritizing Europa League, and nothing will jumpstart your terrible uh, Arsenal terrible road record than to put out a mediocre or worse lineup, right? No, they for for whatever reason, Scott. I'm sure you'll give me that stat in a minute. Sure. Uh, haven't been good on the road 
No. Especially in 2018. No, I think real. that saying that they haven't been good would be a little bit of an understatement. Uh, considering that Scott's stat of the day is... And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day! Zero. Zero, Scott. What in the world could be referenced to that? How many points Arsenal have earned away in the calendar year 2018? Mm. The only club. Maybe I can make it one. The only club in all of England's top four divisions not to earn an away point this calendar Listen, year. If there's one thing that we know that's that's overrated, it's away points. Stats. Overrated. Dave, <laughs> All can, right. you, can your Arsenal moment just be your thoughts and feelings at the moment Matt Ritchie scored the go-ahead goal? Yeah. Iosi before that. No. looking so <clears throat> hey, good. I, I, no one is in better form right now than Iosi Perez. It's ring, unbelievable. Ring around Iosi. Yeah. As we said last week, listen, I want to use... I don't... I, I, want I can't Arsenal let you get away to, with just saying that again, considering that that only came about because you couldn't say his name right in the first place. Whatever. <laughs> It's still good. Uh, Dave, what it I wanted good. to say is that uh, unless you have a stat that you'd like to talk about here, that this is the final humiliation of your season. It is complete. Well, I think Burnley I don't might catch think, you. So, so here's the thing, and this is in all seriousness. Um, I don't think m- many of the players really cared to win this game. In other words, I think... The defenders that were playing, they were they were okay. I mean, I, I think Callum Chambers surprisingly wanted to win the game. He actually has been good the last few times he's played. I'll never say that again, probably. I think Lacazette and Aubameyang were actually trying. And then, and I think Elneny was, but it was tough to tell that anyone else was actually trying. Do you agree with the evaluation of the men in Blazers who said that uh, Mustafi is, um, would be the template of the greatest defender that Tottenham Hotspur fans could create. Yes. Okay. I wanted to reference. I wa- that's uh-huh. perfect. I wanted to reference Scrotum, Mustafi, uh-huh. because from from now on so I will refer to, to him as Scrotum oh, Mustafi. That makes me so happy. Because all once again, this is it is a carbon. You could you could compl- the the goal that he gave up two weeks ago. This was exactly. The same goal where a def- an offensive player, striker, is cutting in front of him on near post. He lets it go, and it is the, he scored, the guy scored in the exact same place, and that's how the, the first throw, the first goal happened. So I figure, Brian, he, that he must just be um, he, he's scratching his scrotum as players run past him on the near post. So from now on, he should be re- referred to as Scrotum Mustafi until he finally defends one of those plays. This is gross. I am so sick. There's something poetic about the phrase near post included in the guy's name being Scrotum. (laughs) So anyway, so I don't know. Look, everyone kind of knew that this game doesn't matter to them. It's exactly what Liverpool had as a Liverpool fan. I remember this from two years ago, the year that Liverpool went to the Europa League final. Yeah, with Sevilla. And lost to Sevilla. Mm -hmm. They were guaranteed to at least finish seventh. So any kind of European play wasn't in doubt. Right. Which I would say is where Arsenal are at this point. Uh, the only question at this point is whether Burnley's going to pass them for sixth. Right. Really. And I just don't think they care about... Like, no, I, I, you're trying to win the Europa League, and quite honestly, with the draw that, that you got, you the got, semifinal is the final. Well, I agree. I agree, because I don't think Marseille, Dimitri Payet's Marseille, Brian. Marseille. Marseille. 
Marseille or Marseille? Either one. Hey, that guy's been playing good. This is not a, a Europa League podcast. No, but Arsenal and Atletico is a sweet draw. It is a good matchup, and of course I get to root against Diego Costa again. Oh, again, boy. this is not a... Oh, he is totally going to get... He's going to instigate some red cards. So, hey, yeah. Some guys oh, I like to hate. I forgot uh, about that. Fernando so Torres. Good. Fernando Torres I like to hate, and uh, Diego Costa, who's my all-time love-to-hate guy. Oh, you're going to see them both. Diego so, Costa is going to get a yellow card on whatever play it is that Laurent Koscielny gets a red. Yes. Oh, so true. So anyways, uh, but bottom line is, look, I'm watching this and it was frustrating because I feel like this is just something I've seen a lot this year where Arsenal uh, should is a better team and somehow figures out a way to lose. I feel like they, they find ways to lose as opposed to find ways to win. And um, it's been but how much you balance that with the lineup? I mean, seriously. You're, you're, there's no, I, mean, Bell- I knew it. I knew it from right. the beginning. There's and, no, there's and no Bellerin, not like that's going to help you a ton anyway. There's not, their midfield is basically whatever, whatever guys you can throw out there. Yeah. No, it, it was Obama Yang and someone else. I mean, that's really the, that's, it's like whatever team ends up out there, you just, uh, you feel well, like you're just going to take whatever you get. In my fantasy lineup, it's Obama Yang and that's it. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I feel like, you know, if you, if you started Obama Yang, you feel still okay. You're not mad sure. about that at all. No, I mean, yeah. You got real points. It was okay. It was okay. It just, um, I just, I felt it from the beginning. And you know, listen, Newcastle is not an easy. St. James Park is not an easy place to play. So Newcastle is mean, on a good run right now, and, and, and they are, they're I mean, on arguably some of the best form, team wise, at least result wise, in the Premier League. Well, probably. they are a top half club too. Yeah. Let's not mistake. Or, you know, let's not forget that they're top half. They're not far behind in points. They're behind Arsenal, but not that right. far behind in place. You finally right. willing to say that Rafa Benitez is a good manager now? Scott? Oh, I was never questioning Brian, whether he was. A good I'm going to ask Brian, that he as a new segment that, every week. Yep, he said that almost religiously on the pod that he hates Rafa Benitez. Never said that once. Funny what pods we listen to that our voices are on. You buying a Jose Perez? No. Hey, DeAndre, I mean, DeAndre Yedlin. What's his assist. price? What's his price? Iozzi's price. Mm, six something. See, I'm, I got Jordan Ayew at 5.1. I, that it, was just a wild <laughs> guess. I don't know that for sure. I just like saying stuff sometimes. 5.3, boys. Okay, so wow. he's right in that Jordan Ayew range. I can afford that move right now. I've got 0. 0.4 in the bank. Um, um, what's actually I, mentioned? I mean, this is fa- actually fantasy relevant. Perez, last three games. 7, 12, and 12. I said no one's in better form than he is right now. Is Newcastle Fixtures, playing in 35? I was going to say, you know, the big deal is... They is play what, in 35. They yep. play Everton. They also play home to West Brom and at Watford, then finish with Spurs and Chelsea. But who knows? Spurs and Chelsea could be at the beach. I see Perez at a 5.3, Brian. You're not... Tell you what. Like, I mean, who, who else is in that range? Well, it's Jordan Ayew. It's, uh, it's Ashley Barnes. It's, uh, it's And some, I would have Perez over both of those. Yeah, right now, of course you would. Yeah, sure. Well, that's, well, that's what we're... All right. I mean, even next week. Does that change it next week? I don't know. I've got... And Swansea hosts Chelsea in 35. So that's on paper, obviously. Uh, Perez has a better matchup than IU. But you never know. Chelsea, will they show up or not? IU could still poach Well, I was going to say, I don't... Uh, just to compare it to Swansea, who for two weeks, the next two weeks for Swansea are, are terrible. Yeah. As bad as it can be. But for 37 and 38, that's when you're buying all your Swansea guys back, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, but either way, if you're picking one, if you had to pick one, that's probably what you're going to... Because you're not going to play IU and Iosi Perez. You're not doing that. And the other thing is, do you have to buy somewhere else to, to, to field the full lineup 
for 35. Right. I'm looking at having to buy a defender. I have to buy, I have, I have three, four, two right now in terms of what's available to choose from. I need to get at least a four, four, two right. that's going to have a chance at playing. So I'm probably going to be stuck with IU unless I want to go negative four. And I've been doing that too much lately. So I'm, I'm not really interested. But it is an interesting and intriguing choice for anyone who can. Burnley 2, Leicester 1. You expect Chris Wood and Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy to put their goals in, but Kevin Long? This is one of those uh, that, to me, if... So we knew, we already knew that Ben Mee's injury was significant. We knew that, and we knew that Kevin Long was in points two he weeks He played the ago. week before. Yes, and it was because Ben Mee's injury, which was initially thought to just be you know, like a, a shin bruise or something. We we said, and we knew Sean Dyche had said it, it was worse than we anticipated. Now, if we had known, I think, going into this match that Kevin Long, that we knew for sure that Ben Mee now is much closer to he might not play the rest of the season. Kevin Long at $4 seems like it would have been an absolute shoe-in yeah. as a recommendation going into this week. I think you get exceptionally lucky here that he scored a goal. You're not counting on that ever. I know, but Brian, you know what I was, what I was thinking the whole time, right? Because I had him on my free hit lineup. I have him on my bench in per, my free hit lineup. Yeah, per, it's really it's really good. I per like our conversation, <laughs> you helped me with that move. Did and I? then I'm thinking because when I was setting the starters, when I was setting the starters, I oh, wanted, yeah, yeah. I wanted right. all like I wanted to remember. I, I referenced this earlier. I want to try and max out. So that none of my offensive players were against my defensive players. So if sure. the moon's aligned, Scott, right, I could crush it. You, yeah. So Long doesn't start because he's playing against Mares. Long doesn't start in your personal in my lineup. personal fantasy right. lineup. Thank you for clearing that for clarifying that. Anyways, bottom line is, yeah, I don't benefit from his points either. I believe there were a few guys in our league who had his points on their benches. Yeah, and you know, I had. It's funny because I had. Kevin Long on my team at the beginning of the season as like huh. a fifth defender because he was a guy who was it was one of those this is a basement level price defender who has the potential to come in sure and possibly get some you know play some get some time uh, now that we know uh, I mean Kevin Long is is one of the most transferred in of all the defenders going into this next week I mean obviously I feel like Burnley was already a priority team because of the double week and then going into week 35, the only team with a double week in 34 that also played in 35. So we knew that. Um, I mean, we've, we've already talked about Matt Lowton a ton. I feel like James Tark Tarkowski has, you know, now that he's back in there, now that he's only this, the, you know, the main, now the only primary starting center back, that's, right. you know, he's back in full health and all that, all of that. Um, no, it seems like still, uh, I'm not surprised to see him uh, as high up as he is. Matt Lowton's still cheap, and uh, you know, it's it's sad. Like I, I I almost I was I kept thinking this is going to be really sad whenever um, uh, Damari Gray assists uh, <laughs> Okazaki for the goal in the 90th minute in yeah. this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's the worst two people that could be the least helpful for everyone to do? You know, just to sure. kill the Burnley clean sheet. It was close. Ianacho gets the assist on Vardy's goal, but um, not entirely surprising to see. It's just frustrating too because Mares, who Mares blew a chance, blew, had an amazing chance. And Vardy blew a chance. Yeah, it's just Nick yeah. Pope has 
five saves, he's still great. Nick I think Pope looks amazing in front of say, Gareth Southgate. Yeah, was there I think I think uh, I think we can just say uh, we're not going to see Tom Heaton anytime soon. No. Just on sure, just on pure form. No matter what anybody says, I'm well, done talking about it. And I heard the number 32 put out there during the match. Uh, that's how many changes Sean Dyche has made in the lineup all year. That's less than half the next highest number. Wow. Like, Sean Dyche has put that's, the same... That's Ranieri-ish. That's, that's exactly what they said. That's exactly oh, really? how uh, Lester's <laughs> lineup was like uh, when they won the title. Yeah. Burnley is going to ride that to seventh and maybe sixth. Uh, you know, he, he's going with the same... I mean, that's less than one change per match. Yeah. He's pretty much going with the same 11 every week. So you just keep your Burnley guys in there and you maximize the, the efforts when the clean sheets come in. What about Lester, Scott? Are Lester at the beach? Yeah. I mean, they are probably... We need to clarify what that means for the for maybe we have some new listeners because uh, we haven't used that term much yet. Well, I think... Yeah, sure. It, it, it's the we didn't make it up. It's the expression, sure. you know, English like expression, yeah, that we've borrowed, uh, indicating that uh, the guys are there, but they're not mentally there. They are mentally on the beach, starting the off season a little early, but physically yeah. that you might see them on your screen. They might be out there on the pitch, but they're not really putting forth the effort. And especially after this loss, they're pretty much out of the running for any kind of uh, European place. So, yeah, I think Leicester City right now, alongside Everton, kind of the epitome of yeah. clubs at the beach. Kasper Schmeichel hurt at the end of this match. Yeah. Um, not great, uh, but not officially ruled out of the midweek match here. Interesting. Um, Claude Puel refusing to say that he is out officially for the match against Southampton, but um, part of me wouldn't count on it. Um, but either way, it was just kind of annoying to see that as an injury. Uh, Jamie Vardy just keeps scoring goals. Mm-mm. Nope, you're wrong. He scores a goal. Uh, Jamie Vardy just keeps scoring goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if Leicester want to win again this season, they need to stop Jamie Vardy from scoring because he has scored in eight matches that Leicester has lost, huh. uh, which is a Premier League record. That's crazy. Wow, what a weird stat. Yeah. Stat of the uh, stat uh, two, one A of the day. Brian's stat of the day. Mm, I guess. Crystal Palace three, Brighton two. Zaha scores twice. James Tompkins also scoring, overcoming Glenn Murray and Jose Esquierdo's goals for the Seagulls. Hey, the first thirty-three minutes of this match. Match were half hour of breathtaking. The first half, half hour was, of the weekend. Holy well, the first half, five goals in the first half. Yeah, most of any in any Premier League match in the first half all season. Oh, really? Yes. No if wonder. If you listen to our Brighton and Hove Albion episode, you know that Palace. This was a derby. This is a derby matchup. Uh, this was a big rivalry. Only the second time, both times happening this season, that these two clubs have played each other in the Premier League. So they were coming out there. On top of that, hold on, there, that's a derby. Uh, isn't it's a that's a main rivalry between the. It's a big rivalry for the two of them. Really, go back and listen to our episode on Brighton. Uh, I, I don't listen. It was the one where you made a big deal out of Hove right. getting the shaft. Remember that's that right. Yeah. Well, and I refer. Well, I, I haven't stayed true to what I said I would do because mm-hmm. you should, but I want to Hove, Hove. the Hovians. Uh, but. 
the, the you know Palace also came out knowing that Southampton had just blown their three points, got no points in their in their match against Chelsea just before this one kicked off. So they had a real chance to create some distance, and they did. Yeah, and they did. They get the three points here. They hold on, uh, in part because the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week award is being given out to someone in this match, and it's not to the club that you would expect. It's not going to a Palace player. It's going to a guy who also scored a goal, but he had another chance to at least earn his club a draw. And he did something that I, I had to give him the award. This, this is, is this is Glenn Murray. It's exciting. Glenn Murray's getting the award because usually we give the award out to a guy who, you know, skies it up into the stands when he's only six yards out or sprays it way wide right or wide left when he's only 10 yards out. But Glenn Murray managed to do something I haven't seen much this year, or ever. <laughs> and that is, he actually kicked it backwards, away from goal, <laughs> when he's standing right in front, uh, receiving a, I don't remember who the pass was from. But he kicked it backwards, and for that, he's getting the Cameron Jerome Wasteful player. Very wasteful. Um, what a stooge. Fun firsts for Wilfred Zaha. Uh, first brace in his, in his career. Premier League career. Ever? First ever brace. And in that brace, his first ever headed goal. It's true. This is absolutely fantastic really? for Zaha owners, one of whom is sitting at this table. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, two of whom, if we count the fact that he is one of my draft league members. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I, um, I, that was me, Dave. Yeah, and then yeah. Luka Milivojevic continues to be red hot. Second, <laughs> second on the and this in the calendar year of 2018, second only to Mo Salah in terms of importance. Are you kidding? He's he is absolutely on like he's on he's on blazing, uh, uh, blazing hot, sprawling woodland fire, hot lava. Oh my blazing. gosh! Can't do he can't kick wrong right now. Blue flame fire. I mean, he's probably nearly winning, if not completely winning, the points per pound. Oh, battle. he has That's to. Not even a question. Now, now, consider the overall season for a second, Dave. Yeah. With Luka Milvojevic. Sure. And just guess now what his overall midfielder ranking is in points. I would think he's at least in the top twenty. You're you're exactly right. Surprisingly, he's fifteenth. Yeah. Overall. I would. I would. I don't By know why. By far the cheapest player sure. in he, the top fifteen. Well, he he is but the Pascal second. Pascal Gross. He's still. I was going to say he's six. Yeah, I mean, but Mo- Luka Milivojevic. But is at a all 5. that seemed to happen in the beginning. Oh of no, the year. I'm saying since January. Yeah, there's hardly a more important single player other sure. than Mo Salah for for this for, for this for half team. of the for this yeah. part of the Listen, season. I can attribute most of the greenness in my arrows to my Luka strategy. <laughs> oh, By the way, Dave, you want proof that Crystal Palace and Brighton is a, a rivalry? Yes, sir. Um, I would I direct you to the bottom right corner of the pitch as the TV cameras are facing the pitch. Yeah. Did you notice that like dark spot in the bottom right corner? Was that the, was the result of a fan throwing flares out? Oh onto yeah, the pitch. that was pretty awesome. If you want a rivalry, you got to have some flares. I thought maybe that was a out. poop stain on the field. Um, I mean, Glenn Murray, maybe <laughs> old man Glenn Murray possibly had an accident, but no, that was actually from. From a flare. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, I love flares. Um, I have two more things. Okay. Christian Benteke, waste watch. (laughs) Yes. 19 confidence boosting minutes off the bench 
for Christian Benteke, uh, just as we talked about last week. Did he miss any big chances? Roy Hodgson uh, talking about uh, the effectiveness of Zaha and Andros Townsend playing up front as not natural strikers, obviously de- destroying the confidence or whatever was remaining of the confidence of Christian Benteke. Panteki uh, did exactly what you would expect with 19 minutes off the bench, zero shots, but he did produce one key pass. Of course, in the time he was out He's there, a true number 10. It's unbelievable how good he is <laughs> at creating chances for other people. It's exactly what you want from a guy like that. Um, last thing, that was Brighton's last chance for points this season. Right. Yeah, it's not That's happening it. anymore. Conceded a goal in 12 straight matches, the longest streak. The longest current streak and the longest for any Premier League team for the season. Spurs, Burnley, United, City, Liverpool remain. There is no reason to own anyone on this team except Glenn Murray and only in the sense that he could kick straight one of these times. And not behind himself. Brighton sitting on 35 points. Southampton and Stoke both have 28. There's seven points clear with six games left. They're not going to be getting Mm -hmm. any more points. No. Five for Southampton and four for Stoke. Stoke's just to be clear. schedule is not great either. No. I mean, I would bet Brighton stays up even without earning another point. You think so? Anyone, anyone want to bet against no, that? No, 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 I don't. Because the teams in the bottom half are such... <laughs> um, <laughs> but, true. you know, I would agree with you. All right. Very good. Uh, before we go to the next match, it's time to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Holy oh, cow. Always looking forward to that. Hi, this is Biram Kayol, defender for Brighton and Hove Albion. Cool. And I'm here to tell you about Flare BBDO. Flare BBDO launched in London in 2013 with a simple aim, to make creative, effective film content for BBDO brands. Flare brings world-class production values to every project regardless of budget. You can learn more about Flare BBDO at flarebbdo.com. All of this. Yes. Because some fan that's a lunatic tossed flare <laughs> onto the pitch. Well, oh, Brian, I didn't even I didn't even realize that. So maybe maybe that was a connection that you could make. <laughs> that is the Jan Bednarik is the Barney Rubble of the Premier League level uh, yeah, silliness, sure. and What's I happened to our and, and I'm so it. happy about it. Swansea 1, Everton 1. All the goals coming from Swans. Kyle Naughton into his own net. Jordan IU into Everton. This match benefited Scott only. <laughs> if you, That's uh, true. Jordan IU's third goal at home in his last four matches played with remaining home matches against Chelsea in week 36, Southampton in 37, and Stoke in 38. Uh I think you got to like your chances of Jordan Ayew scoring at least one or two more home goals here. Yeah. Uh, buy your swans for weeks 37 and 38. Again, I will say that. Uh, you told me I love me some Crystal Palace because I've got Zaha and Luka in my midfield, but I'm maxed out on swans. And I have been for a lot of the season. Yeah. Uh, you got Fabianski? I have Fabianski, and I've had him all year as my yeah, backup keeper. Sure. Uh, earlier in the year. Do you have a, a Swansea defender? Earlier in the year, I owned Naughton and Abraham. Yes. Tammy Abraham was a wildly popular pick there for a minute. And I have switched now, which was the smart move, to Mawson and Jordan Ayu. Got you. Okay. And I've been riding them now. And honestly, a lot of the times, these guys are on my bench. Yeah. Yeah. Or 
maybe my you know guy on the end of the of the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't hurt. Well, of course it hasn't hurt. What probably has hurt is a horseshoe in your <laughs> because what does that even all mean? of a sudden you won't have a player play, and then one of your swans will sub in with like a seven. That I feel like that's that's how you're, which is which is great. I mean, listen, your Milivojevic strategy also kind of trickles down to probably some swans and a Jordan IU sometimes. I mean, what you, I mean, I, I, it's I refer, good. I look at it as brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps Just working. Kidding. Surely, it I must does. be a genius. It, <laughs> uh, no, I, this fantasy <laughs> thing seems so easy, guys. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Federico Fernandez is the same. I feel like yeah. you get. I feel like you get the same. And and Feder, you know, Feddy, oh, Feddy Re, Federo, Fed fan, Fed Fern. <laughs> One of them. He's cheap. <laughs> was cheap. He's gone up a little bit since uh, since since earlier in the season. But no, I think looking at the schedule that they have, their double week thirty seven and week thirty eight matches are as good as you're going to get. Swansea's easily in that uh, in the mix where you could you could continue to have three of them and play them where you would actually be playing them it wouldn't be I'm going to bench them and hope, <laughs> and they, hope sub they sub in. in they would actually be useful for playing for real and I think given their circumstances <laughs> where they continue to need to play and win uh, Jordan Ayu absolutely yeah I agree like, I, I didn't I like a lot of people you don't sell him unless he when he had unless he gets that red card a few weeks ago I think he stays in everyone's roster if it's not for that red card. Jordan or Iozzi, if you had to pick? I would probably feel better about Jordan Iozzi. Because of the... Just because he's seen it a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, Iozzi I, I Perez, we feel like... I, I don't know. Are the, is their team going to go to the beach? He's a flash in the paint. He's, a, he's like he's like mini-streak player. Like He is... He's he, had that great three match run. He is due. He to doesn't just have drop the pedigree. Off. He doesn't have the pedigree. Well, neither does Jordan Ayew, really. But pedigree is to have three good matches once a year. Okay, that's his pedigree. What has Jordan Ayew done before? He's played somewhat steady. Well, Jordan Ayew, this is his, one of his best. I think this is his this best. Is his I think this is year, his probably, best scoring right? scoring year of his career. Right. But what I'm saying is, I just think you know because. Jordan Ayew, Jordan Ayew got on everybody's radar in the beginning anyway because he was scoring goals here and there all season long. You could kind of say the same thing about Jordan, you know, about Iozzi Perez. Perez now five goals total on the season. I think uh, Jordan Ayew's got seven. Seven, yeah. So, yeah, and so Iozzi Perez scores in three straight weeks. Has three, you know, three of the best weeks that right. any definitely of any striker. And that's why I said I think form right now says Iozzi Perez, but uh, I think over the the total over the last season, six match, five matches, I think matches. you feel better. And then especially the last three, the last three matches of the season, yeah. uh, I think you feel really good about Jordan Ayew. Uh, Iozzi Perez, hundred points overall. Jordan Ayew, ninety eight. And I have to correct the record. It's something I said before. I bought Jordan Ayew at five point one, but both he and Perez are at five point three. They're both at the same yeah. price. They're basically the same player. <laughs> So the question is, are, is one going to do better than the other moving forward? Probably not. They're probably going to be about the same. That'd be yeah, maybe. Well, that's what I mean, though. In the next, yeah, because they're, they kind of, the, 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 the fixtures kind of flip. The next three weeks of, uh, New- the next three Newcastle matches are decent. 
with the last two being terrible. The next two Swansea matches gotcha. are terrible with the last three being very good. So, and if you're at a place in your lineup where you're able to focus so much on your third forward like this to have Perez for the next couple of weeks right, and yeah. then Ayu for the last yeah. couple, you either are at the very top of fantasy Premier League this year or you don't know what it means when it says negative four. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Huddersfield won, Watford nil. Tom Ince with the late dramatic winner for the Terriers. Come and on. I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in here and say Fantasy Half Point is going to the entire John Smith Stadium. This was a crap match. Okay, this is exactly what you get when you watch two clubs in the bottom half, uh, one of which was in serious threat of going down uh, into the relegation zone. And to watch... Like with all that said, to watch the injury time winner from Tom Ince, to hear the pure joy from all of the fans, and to feel a tangible sense of relief from England into the United States through my TV, the relief that this is probably going to keep us in the Premier League into next year. All of that, that moment, that was a real moment that you only get at the bottom of the Premier League table. Yeah. And for all that, made me feel good. I wanted to give half points out to the John Smith Stadium for providing that this weekend. No, Scott, I think you painted that picture really well because let me tell you, Huddersfield, this is again why it was important, which we referenced just a few weeks ago. Huddersfield upcoming schedule. You're okay with this next game. Uh-huh. You're home to Everton. But then you're you're at City, at Chelsea, and then home to Arsenal. Yeah. And so that's not the greatest no. matchups, Mm-mm. Brian. No, it's not. And if not. you're trying to, this is my, I mean, most of their fans are, know this, right? Every, every, all their fans know this. They're looking at this as this is our last chance for points. Yep. And if we can get points here, we will be seven points clear of the 18th, you know, or, or close six or six, you know. Like, these are so, such important points. Anyways, you're right. Look, it's cool to see David Wagner. I hope he's the next American national coach. That's not um, going to happen. But, uh, hey, good for Huddersfield. It's fun to see the small guy sometimes, the little terrier, mm. hang on to that to that bite. Finally, the Monday match, West Ham won, Stoke won. For some reason, this just feels like the saddest all-Brit scoreline you could create. <laughs> Andy Carroll and Peter Crouch. No, it just is the over six foot three score scores. Welcome they're, back. They're going to be on my all six foot squad next year. Yeah, sure. Welcome yeah. back, Andy Carroll. Really? Uh, I'm, well, I mean, it's just amazing. The guy has a stress fracture in his foot. He sits out forever. Steps back the first second he's out on the field. He scores. And scores again. You know, scores the equalizer against the in one of the what could have been the worst game of the entire it was supposed to be the marco darby what happened (laughs) you know who won the you know who won it what me shakiri did he again he beat him there goes shakiri continuing to be excellent this season did he assist the crouch goal yes he did and he finished with bonus points and jared shakiri (laughs) shakiri Is that how you pronounce it's the X and the H? Arjun Shakiri <laughs> has just been awesome this year. He yeah. just has been. Yeah. And it, and it, and next week, one of the few guys playing, you know, one of the on one of the the, the matches next week. Right. Yes, it's against Burnley, but he just keeps doing this. 
And so, you know, as as bad as their schedule is the rest of the season, Shakiri, I don't know how many players you are going to find that are better at his price, no matter what. No matter what. Luca is one of the few guys where if it, if if that's what your decision is between Luca and Shakiri, I don't know who else you're going to find at $6 or thereabouts. 6.2. Who are better than that. He is so essential to what they do. Absolutely essential to them. And surprisingly, his hamstrings haven't exploded all They year. have not. Uh, this is really a bad result for Stoke. You feel yep. a little bit bad for them. They have the lead. You give up the equalizer late, and uh, you drop the drop two points. They are six points. Forgive me. They are five points behind Swansea. Boy, did they need that. Boy, and did they need with the Swansea's win. schedule compared to Stoke's schedule going yep. out. Man, it's not looking good for Stoke City. Um, Aaron Cresswell with the assist on Andy Carroll's goal. I just I feel like it's still you know Dave. This is like the one maybe of the of all the the spots uh, that you had this week. This is maybe the one bright spot that uh, that Marco did not do anything. This is true in this match. This is um, true because I said he's not going to score. Is it four? I had the f- under four. Yes, goals right. And I was absolutely worried about this game. Yeah, you should have been. Oh. But now you shouldn't have been. Um, I don't know how much this... I don't think this changes really anything. I, I, Marco's still the same Yeah. Uh, going forward. No, listen, I think Marco's a great player. I think West Ham's schedule's bad the rest of the way. Right. That's it. Except, Brian, you got some more injuries you want to well, round up for us? Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's one thing I would like to clarify, because I, I Hold said on, is it, this an official injury roundup? Because I'm going to do the drop. You can play the drop, but I'm not going to give you a lot of information. I feel like the biggest thing that happened is Casper Schmeichel being injured, just okay. because I feel like that's one of the guys who you easily could have had as a, a goalkeeper. I feel like most of the other players who are injured are either people we already knew about or uh, people who are of little consequence. The one I think that we need to revisit here at the end, and I hate to do this so late in the day, Sergio Aguero. When I say, <laughs> when I say that Pep Guardiola says I don't know when he will be back, as of a few days ago, Pep, when he was saying I don't know when he will be back, he was adding to that, I don't know if he'll be ready for the World Cup. Ooh. So he's saying... Wait a minute. So that means the, that Jesus should be a good with start. With the problem, he said this exactly this way. With the problem Pep. with the knee, he could not train. He played the last 20 minutes against Liverpool and after the game said, I cannot run. I have a lot of pain. I don't know about Swansea on Sunday in the week if he'll be ready, but hopefully for the last games if we need him and especially for the World Cup. Now, it's not clarity. It's pep clarity, but it's not, which is not clarity. We know this. But when, but when you have to say, we might need to consider Argentina here. I think, and especially what we've talked about in the past couple weeks, when he had already pointed out Jesus's age in comparison to Aguero's. Yeah, I think maybe I don't know. Brian, it makes me nervous. Let me ask you a question. Brian. But buying Jesus. Seems a little different. What is Aguero's current ownership? Sergio Aguero's current ownership 
is 12.6%. Not high. No, it is not high. So people are already bailing on him pretty soon. He is one of the most transferred out players for the week. And I think that probably should just remain. Gabriel Jesus has a current ownership of 7.2%. Now, if you have if you own Aguero and you want to transfer and you don't have Aubameyang, you don't have Kane. Yeah, buy Jesus. Why not? Low ownership, great matches for the rest of the season. They do play next week. They do play a match in week 35. And hardly a better schedule for anyone the rest of the season than Manchester City. So Dave, if Manchester City really is going to try to blow the blow the roof off of this, then uh, you think that Jesus is probably going to be integral to that. It's true. It's a good point. I, I hate to throw that kind of a cloud over the end of the podcast at, at the hour and 45-minute mark. Sure. But what I'm saying is <laughs> I feel like it's information that is a little bit more uh, significant. Yeah. Given yeah. the give uh, just to just to bring just to put more of a you know just to put more body on that yeah no that's good Dave we are there we made it ten matches down four to go as we record this the rest just bonus for those of us who have some players with double game weeks on the docket uh, speaking of on the docket our website fantasysoccerfc.com later this week we'll have a look toward thirty five what yeah. to do with game week thirty five. You have some decisions to make, especially if we went big on United in 34. They don't play in 35, so we'll talk about that on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. Fantasy Soccer FC is where you can find us anywhere else on social needs. Social needs, interesting way to put that. Hey, listen, for uh, the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.